this and this is not a, a new issue. And if you talk to a lot of a lot of smaller roofing companies, that's always a challenge because mm-hmm. they they get started because they've got a skill. Yeah, they know how to do this skill and they and they're they're able to price it out and figure out how to get someone to buy. But then when they get home, they realize, well, now I've got to order materials for the next job. I've got to get invoices. I've got to, you know, do the bank deposits yeah. and what have you. And they're they're everything. And so they finally have to make a decision of exactly what you said. When will I get off the roof and into the office and actually run this as a business? Welcome to the Lion's Den, hosted by Lance Bachman. I'm not here in the den, but I am in a den, and we are in New Orleans. Today we're talking to a legend in the home services industry, a congressman, a CEO, an entrepreneur, most importantly a tradesman like yourself. Stay tuned if you want to hear from one of the best that's ever done it about how he grew his businesses and what he prioritizes when it comes to marketing. I am here at IRE 2022, and I am with a very distinguished man, uh, the Honorable Reed Ribble. He is a congressman, he's a CEO, he's a speaker, but I think most importantly for this context, sir, you are a tradesman and a roofer, right? Yes, yes I am. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for, for joining us here today um, for, for the interview in the den. So one of the things that we see when people come here is they're always talking about how much different it is this year and how much better it's gotten. Tell me about your experience from the first year that you've done the IRE to now. Well, um, in, in, in the original uh, conventions that I would attend, the National Roofing Contractors Association owned this exhibit. Yeah. And they sold it to a company by the name of Hanley Wood in 2004. Mm. Hanley Wood was then bought out by Informa, and that's when it became the International Roofing Exposition. Okay. And so, but the, the, this national convention's been going on for about 80 years now. And I've, I've been attending and have attended just about every one since 1977. Wow. So there's been a big evolution. Um, been, been a lot of change. It's obviously much bigger than it, than it was. Uh-huh. Now this year, because of COVID and some of the restrictions, uh-huh. uh, we're, we're about the same size as it was in 2018, maybe just a little bit smaller. Um, but there's still really great attendance. Uh, over 10,000 people are here. Um, there's 400 exhibitors. Yes. Yeah, one hundred and fifty square feet of exhibit space. Um, it's it's a great show. Yeah, it's great, and we're glad to be here and to be a part of it. And obviously, you know, you had your keynote yesterday, and everybody is talking about how great it was. But I read actually in an article this morning that you were having trouble putting together how you wanted to get your message across. Is that right? Yeah, it was a challenge because first of all, you know, a lot of people in the room. Yeah. And secondly, since I've been the CEO at NRCA, I've done a lot of speaking. I I, I get asked to speak. Um, couple hundred times a year. And so, but for a big keynote event like this, where you've got 1,800, 2,000 people in the room, uh, you want to bring something that's different, that's a bit fresh, something that they haven't heard before. Mm -hmm. And, and really I, what I did wasn't even roofing specific. It was more about how, uh, I've learned some lessons in my life through good things and bad things that have happened. And, um, what what were my takeaways from yeah. those? And I tried to share that with the audience. Yeah, let me let me actually ask you that because a lot of people talk about failure and how you should be open to it and how, you know, it can really change you, but they never really talk about specifically what they learn the most from. Just in all your experience, what do you think is like one of the biggest lessons that you learned that's helped you kind of get from where you were to where you are now? You know, f- for me, I think it was a stressful moment in my uh, relationship with my wife. Ah. And part of it was that I was working too many hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was working 70, 80 hours a week running my roofing company, yeah. which is pretty typical for a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. And um, she had kind of gotten fed up with me never being home. I had two young kids, and and uh, she asked me one day if my work was ever done. And I said, well, what do you mean? 
She said, well, when you get up in the morning, have you got things to do? I said, I do have things to do. I've always got things to do. Yeah. And she goes, well, if you work 50 hours a week, will you still have things to do? Wow. And I said, well, sure, I'll still have things to do. And she goes, well, if you can never get caught up at 80 or 100 or 200, why not just work like a normal person? And she goes, listen, I expect you to work hard. I want you to work hard. I know you're a hard worker. I just don't want you to work all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it took some real self-reflection to spend some time, as I said in the, the speech yesterday, of pausing and looking in the mirror and saying, what role am I playing in this breakdown? Yeah. And, um, and then owning it and changing behavior. Yeah. But I, that, that would be one that comes to mind. That's really insightful, actually, and it's pretty personal. I think a lot of times, too, when we're out there talking to roofers, they, one of the biggest problems is they got to get out of the truck and behind the desk and start running the business. You know? If you like this content and you're trying to grow your business, follow me at Lance Bachman and Lance Bachman Digital on Facebook, LFG, time to grow. And we're in marketing and advertising, and a lot of times they have their hands in all these different pots, and they're really not sure where their focus should be to start growing their, their businesses. Um, from your experience and from the people that you've spoken to, what do you think is one thing they should prioritize when they first like take that step off the roof, down the ladder, yeah. into the... Yeah, and everybody's trying to figure that out. Yeah. This, and this is not a, a new issue. And if you talk to a lot of, lot of smaller roofing companies, that's always a challenge because mm -hmm. they, they get started because they've got a skill. Yeah. They know how to do this skill and they, and they're, they're able to price it out and figure out how to get someone to buy. But then when they get home, they realize, well, now I've got to order materials for the next job. I've got to get invoices. I've got to, you know, do the bank deposits yeah. and what have you. And they're, they're everything. And so they finally have to make a decision of exactly what you said. When will I get off the roof and into the office and actually run this as a business yep. and then hire people to do the things I either don't enjoy mm -hmm. um, or uh, the more physical side of the, the work as I get a bit older? And so um, it's a really difficult transition because you often don't think the money's there. Yeah. And, and you often don't think that if you're not out there on the roof, when that next door neighbor comes over and says, hey, would you be interested in giving me a price on my house, which happens all the time. Yeah. Um, they're fearful. Yeah. And uh, they don't need to be fearful. They just need to do really good work, whether they're doing it or whether they're having employees do it, do really good work. And then an employee can say, well, call so-and-so at the office and he'll be happy to come over and yeah. get the number. Or here, I'll call him on my cell phone and you can talk to him right now. Yeah. There are ways of solving that problem. There are. And I think that sounds more like it's... It, Sometimes it boils down to what sounds like a trust issue with the people around them, but maybe sometimes they should think about it's themselves they might not be trusting to actually grow these people and make them better at what they're trying to do. It, it, it's often a trust issue when you see somebody that wants to do everything. Yeah. You know, um, the, it's trust or it's a, maybe a, a little bit of a, the idea that they're the only ones that can do it right mm -hmm. or willing to do it right. And that's not, that's not the case either. Yeah. You just have to get better at hiring people. Yes. And, you know, I talked about that just a little bit the other day to our Future Executives Institute, where I told them when the mistakes I made when hiring people was that I would hire somebody for what they knew, and then six months later, I fired that same person for who they were. And, and in many respects, you need to hire people for who they are. Yeah. You hire really good people, yeah. you can teach them how to do just about anything. Yeah, that's actually really insightful, and hiring is like a big problem right now, as you know. People kind of getting into work after COVID and all the things going on. Whatever the reason is, people have trouble finding labor. And materials you mentioned earlier, too, are that's another problem. When it comes to roofing right now, is there anything that people aren't talking about as much as those that they might be, they should think about? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that there's nothing that they're talking about. 
I think it's un- I think every roofing company is unique in where they fall in the spectrum of roofing companies from yeah. entrepreneurial startups that just showed up. Um, somebody got frustrated working for a different roofer, so they decided to go out on their own to a billion dollar companies, mm-hmm. you know, and they all have their own unique set of problems, unique set of challenges. Um, but I, I would think for that smaller to medium guy, uh, communication is probably one of the biggest issues that they face. They're just, that's just not who they are. Yeah. They're wired to do physical work. They're wired to work with their hands, but they're not necessarily wired to be good managers or good communicators. Wow. Yeah. And Reed, I know that, you know, you're a very accomplished uh, person. You got elected to office. You have run businesses. When it comes to, to marketing, how do you typically prioritize things? And what, tell me about your process in terms of thinking that through. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you have to begin to accept what you don't know. Ooh. Um, that, that's hard yeah. because the, the entrepreneurial type mm-hmm. believes that they know how to do almost anything. And I remember uh, learning this lesson the hard way. When I decided to run for Congress, um, I was told repeatedly, you have to get a consultant. You may know everything you need to know about roofing, yeah. but you don't know anything about running for Congress. And yep. It's a totally different dynamic. And, and it was absolutely right. And I also found out, though, in my roofing company that I really was good at at doing roofing. Mm-hmm. I was really good at roof, roof design and solving problems. Uh, good at all the forensic work. Yeah. But, but why would I want to divert attention from what I'm really good at? Yeah. To do something that I'm not necessarily good at, or I can hire someone to do it that's better at it. Mm-hmm. And I think marketing and, and advertising and however you want to wind that whole thing up, whether it's in the digital space or whether it's on television or radio, whatever you're going to do, print, um, you're probably better off having a professional do it, to yeah. be quite honest with you. And then you focus on what you do. A mistake that people make, and I think this is really common, is they, they have this weakness someplace. And so they spend all this time trying to fix the weakness. Mm-hmm. What they should do is hire the weakness rather than fix it. Yes. And then focus on their strengths because you're better doing, you're better uh, accomplished, mm-hmm. doing what you're good at, what you have strengths at, really go at that full bore and then hire to your weakness. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, especially when it comes to digital marketing. There's so many, it's, it's kind of saturated as an industry. There's a lot of different people out there that say they can do SEO and they think they can do PPC. And I think some of the problems that we encounter with people is, number one, what does it cost, right? And it's always important to have transparency with your ROI. Number two is just picking the right way to actually go about hiring someone. You know, some people price shop, some people will results shop, some people want the tracking, they want to have their hands involved in it. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that? You know, um, I've been involved in digital a lot. Yeah. So when you're, when you're in Congress, you're using just about every single type of digital format you can use because the, the, the cost value ratio is really good on yeah. digital. And you can reach a very broad and diverse audience or you can really target an audience yes. in, in ways that you might not be able to do in other forms. And so um, I, I think it's really important in this modern era where everybody is on some social platform, you know, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you, you name it, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really care which one you happen to love. Um, you can't really be an expert at all those things as far as getting to the penetration point that you want to have. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, you're, you're better off getting somebody to help you because you will save way more money than you'll 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 lose by 
by trying to do it on your own. You heard it from Reed, everybody, Mr. Reed Ribble. When it comes to people who are you know, first-timers here at IRE, what do you recommend? How do you think they should come into this and approach it? What do you think they should look to come away with to really make the most out of their experience? If they want to have the most out of their experience, the first thing they should do is try to figure out what their daily calendar is like and be very specific about it. There is a lot to do here. Yeah. There's a couple hundred educational conferences you can hundred. go to. Uh, you've got all the time on the trade trade show floor, and you want to have time to do some networking where you can meet other like-minded roofing contractors that yep. maybe are from a different part of the country that don't compete with you that you can share best practices. Um, you can stop in and, and uh, to the NRCA booth and mm -hmm. talk to our team, and we can help connect people with, with things. But time management is everything. Look at the schedule. Mm -hmm. Look at all those educational courses. Pick out the top two or three that you think will will, will help you the most. Yep. And then make sure you show up and take notes. And then and then get on the exhibit floor where you can get out and see people and and experience everything that's new in the industry. Yeah. I mean, it's everything that's new is here. There's so much down there. Everything from you know CRM systems to uh, giving people the giving people quotes with uh, drones, um, all kinds of different suppliers, manufacturers. It really is like. Everything you need for roofing is here at, right the, here. at the expo. Um, yeah. So, Reed, what's next for you now that you're you kind of stepping stepping aside? Yeah. Well, I retire May 31st of this year, and uh, my plan is initially to take the first I don't know maybe four or five months and not do any work. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I serve on a, a board of directors or two, and I'll do that. Um, but I'd like to, uh, I'm still young enough and healthy enough. My wife and I are both, uh, avid motorcyclists. So we want to, want to spend some time, uh, getting out and riding our motorcycle. Um, we're talking about, uh, taking it up to Prince Edward Island and crossing Northern Canada on the bike. Very cool. Um, and, and just, uh, reconnect with my, uh, with my family. Yeah. And then again in the fall, I'll start to, to re-engage in, in various places that, uh, I might be able to bring some value to. Well, Reed, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today, getting this conference room for us. I think it really speaks a lot to you and the organization as a whole that you're going to take time to meet with your exhibitors, talk with them, and just basically spend some time with them, getting to know them. So I really appreciate your time you're welcome. today, sir. Thanks um, for best inviting of luck me. in retirement. Good, um, good luck on your motorcycle. I'm not sure if you're a golfer, but I hope you have a great time. I'm not a very good one, but I enjoy it. There you go. <laughs> thank All you. right, everybody. Thank you very much.